Hello and welcome to another episode of the Football Faithful Podcast. And once again, it's been a fascinating week in the Premier League. My name is Sam Steen and joining me this week to discuss all the major action are Peter Henry. Hi, Peter. How's it going, lads? Not too bad. Colin Boog's there as well. Hi, Colin. Hi, boys. And making a welcome return, it's Danny Ward. Hi, Danny. How you doing, lads? How's it going? Right, we'll start off, as we always do, with Moment of the Week. Peter, let's go. Well, my, my Moment of the Week, Sam, it's probably a little bit little bit weird, a little bit controversial, because it's something that, that hasn't actually happened yet. I had originally picked out my Moment of the, of the Week very early over the weekend, but I saw I came across something today, and it's just I haven't been this excited about anything involved in football in, in, in a long, long time. So you know how much I love the, ma- the magic man, Mike Dean, Sam? I do. Well... He's he's refing uh, the Chelsea Man City game on Super Sunday, and he's at the moment he has ninety nine red cards. Right, <laughs> and the two teams that the two teams that he's shown the most red cards to nine each is Man City and Chelsea. So it's all set up perfectly for Big Mike to or to uh, to give us hundred red cards. And I hope there's like fireworks go off in the background and everything. It should just be. <laughs> Amazing. He averages a red card at four every four point seven games. Like by far and away the most prolific red card shower in Premier League history. So yeah, I can't wait now. It should be great crack. Forget the title race. Fuck the title race. It's all about whoever's going to get the hundred red card off my dean. So Have you, that's my st- moment of the week. Are you sticking money on it? Um, I don't know, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any bookmakers showing. I actually, I'd say there might be a few wily bookmakers. In- out there might get onto that because like I said the, the two teams he shows the, the most red cards to um, Chelsea and City are, are the two teams playing on Sunday so uh, I'd say who would, I don't know who would I pick now if I had to go Chelsea and Ting maybe David Luiz I don't know yeah David Luiz or Otamendi yeah probably a Man City centre back they could Written all over. somebody down yeah. you know so uh, uh, there you go alright well keep an eye on that one and uh, that's your homework for the week Colin what about you moment of the week uh, I just want to have a quick uh, hat tip to the return of the robot, Peter Crouch, to the Premier League. So seeing him uh, come back through, and he won a point for Burnley with uh, helping win the penalty. But my overall moment of the week, um, Neil Warnock after the match, uh, Cardiff against Bournemouth. Uh, obviously, like it's been an unbelievable period for Cardiff. And then just his reaction when he went around the pitch, applauded all the Cardiff fans, and then it kind of got to him a bit. And it was just a nice moment, and it was very authentic in a, in a game that's increasingly... Uh, inauthentic let's say at the elite level it was just nice to see I thought Very good and Danny what about you? I don't have any uh, as a Liverpool fan the last week has been it's been a tough little week so we'll get on to that uh, I don't have any I don't think uh, I don't think I've, I've no positivity in me um, oh, Okay Thus no. far Neil Warnock telling Gary Lineker to fuck off I thought was pretty cool as well that, that wasn't bad I can't believe nobody's gone with Jose Mourinho falling over uh, Have you seen this? He, when he was uh, No I didn't see it no. he, he was uh, putting the puck down in a, uh, an ice hockey match in Russia so he kind of walks out on a red carpet out to put the puck down between the two players and then the carpet moves and he takes an absolute hopper on the ice. It's oh, does he? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. He's it's, so, uh, a day soon as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right then, Danny, let's do it. West Ham 1, Liverpool 1. Uh, our show last week was called It's January and They're Shitting Themselves. Well, it's February now and things aren't getting much better, are they? Um, at, I, I'm in, I'm, I kind of, a, I have a foot in, in both camps pressure looks like it's getting to them a little bit uh it looks like it's getting to um it's getting to uh the fans as well i have to say i watched the uh the game last week and liverpool started off like a train could have been two or three and they'll up after 10 minutes they just kind of slowly let leicester into the game and leicester probably had the better chances and liverpool were maybe looking to get a draw out of it but i turned around to a mate i was watching him and i said you know, we're only in January, like, you know, it's the 31st of January and here we are and we're shiting ourselves already. You know, I can understand, you know, when the Stevie Gerrard slip happened, you know, that's three games from the end, you know, you're you're you're, you're so close you can touch it. Liverpool are nowhere near touching it. Some people are walking around saying, oh, it's done, it's over, it's over. It, it never comes out, it hasn't come out of my mouth and I never thought it was by any stretch of the imagination over. And I was on that the West Ham performance kind of reaffirmed what I'd already thought that there will be more uh, twists and turns than I thought. Probably, I thought 
I thought Man City wouldn't. I didn't think they'd lose to uh, Newcastle. I'm sure everyone was uh, cut from the same cloth in that respect. I just thought that they'd win 14 of the last 15 and Liverpool would have to do something similar, but maybe win 13. But it looks like there's probably going to be... Uh, it looks like there's probably going to be a few more twists and turns in the title race than uh, some people thought, you know, because the pressure, the pressure has got to Liverpool in a way... But injuries have also, the, the other side of it now, Liverpool's injuries are starting to, to mount up. The defence has all of a sudden started looking shaky. Um, we've only really had, at the full of their health, we've only really had Andy Robertson and Alisson for the whole season. Van Dijk has recently lost four four kilos um, due to some flu or bug. He looks like he's a little bit off the pace and he looks like he's a little bit weaker than usual. Uh, Joe Gomez now requiring another bit of surgery. He's a massive blow because of because of his versatility. Uh, so we now uh, and letting Klein go now looks like it could possibly derail Liverpool's season because it not only uh, means we're having to play um, a centre midfielder in Jordan Henderson or James Milner there, but it also is weakening our midfield. Um, because at the moment, the midfield that most Liverpool fans gave out about, which would be Hendersons and Milners, these sorts of players, and let's play Fabinho and Kaida, Liverpool are screaming out to get back to the tried and trusted Wijnaldum, Kaida, or sorry, Wijnaldum, Milner and Henderson. Just for a couple of games, I think they're missing a little bit of Britishness at the moment. And the new players who are in there at the moment, Fabinho and Kaida, as well as they might try uh, to understand how big a deal it is, they don't, and they won't get it maybe for a couple of seasons. So, um, are, yeah. are, are we making too big a de- deal of all of this? Because they still didn't it, it, lose, and and they could have no. won it at the death. You know, I mean, they, yeah. But for Origi's miss, it, it could have been yeah, it, very different. Like it, it was a poor miss. Uh, they didn't deserve to win the game, not by a stretch. I thought, uh, I thought Declan Rice was the best player in the pitch, which is bad news for Ireland. Really bad news for Ireland because he was one of those players that looked like you need to just sign him up, give him a couple of give him a couple of caps against Georgia in in. You know the the, the uh, Europa League qualifying, whatever they call that shit league thing. Um, they needed to really do that now because the more performances like that, it just becomes increasingly less likely um, that he'll end up playing for Ireland because I thought he was the best player in the pitch. And going to West Ham and drawn is not the worst result in the world. Uh, you know they they've beaten Chelsea, they've beaten West Ham, or said they drew with Chelsea. They've beaten um, they've beaten Arsenal. They beat United. It's a tough place to go when every, when. When, it, when the stars align for West Ham and the crowd are up for it, you know, they can be a really tricky side. Leicester again, Leicester are a decent side. If if we'd taken four points from it, you'd be we wouldn't really be having this conversation, to be honest. Okay, you know, if we, if we, you know, so it's just one of those, if this is our blip, we haven't lost. Man City had a blip and lost two and I've lost three of their last five away so if this is our blip and we can get back to winning ways uh, against Bournemouth on Saturday I'll take that you know West Ham well you said that they had some good results but uh, Peter they, they had lost to Bournemouth Wimbledon and Wolves in the run up to this game but as Danny said they were they were actually decent in that game against Liverpool uh, is it unfair of them to say that it was stage fright on Liverpool's part or should we be giving them credit as well um, yeah no I think I think it's probably probably a bit of both you know West Ham had a lot of motivation because of the poor run they, they've been on in recent times and um, you know obviously getting knocked out by by Wimbledon and then a good few losses um, in the Premier League after being so good kind of through December but they they you know they've they beat United although that was kind of really you know uh, one of the worst stages of Mourinho beat Arsenal They've drawn with Chelsea as well, so it's it's a tough. It's becoming a tough place to go. As much as the London Stadium gets gets a lot of stick, um, I, I think West Ham set up very well um, against Liverpool, and they looked really dangerous. Maybe not necessarily like I would say they. I I if if either team probably deserved to win it, I probably would have would have went for West Ham, although there wasn't too much in it. They had a lot of very good counter counter-attacking opportunities. The kind of counter-attacks that Liverpool had had stopped conceding for a long time. Um, and just the final ball or whatever wasn't quite good. I thought Felipe Anderson looked looked really sharp, really dangerous all night. 
Um, and yeah, and like De- Danny said, Declan Declan Rice was superb, and and they they really closed the spaces off for Liverpool, the kind of half spaces. So it, it was a really good performance for West Ham. They have some talented players, and you kind of have to wonder as well. I, I thought they would have been even better if they had had Arnautovic fit and up front because. You know, a game like that when they're trying to soak up pressure, it doesn't always really suit Chikorito. He's not the kind of best striker with you know playing with his back to goal. So um, yeah, f- fair play to West Ham. I, I just kind of think I don't know with Liverpool. I think there's a bit of a difference in in, in City dropping points and Liverpool in that. Ultimately, they, they count for the same thing, of course. But it, you know, the only thing I'd be worried about if I was a Liverpool fan is City drop points because they kind of look complacent. Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool shot themselves the last couple of games pretty much apart from the, the, the 10 minutes against Leicester. They never really look comfortable um, in, in either game. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond. But I think in general, West Ham, Sam, they're just one of them kind of teams. They're a bit like Leicester, you know, that can... Get a result on, on their day, kind of... Yeah, that, could, that yeah. can, you know, go and beat a top team and then like they lose they lose to Huddersfield next week or whatever it might be. Kind of just that kind of real mid-table obscurity, like get themselves up for big games and then kind of lose games you, you thought they'd uh, they thought they'd win. They're kind of stuck in that purgatory of about like 8th place to 12th in the league. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, Liverpool have a bit of a gap coming up and uh, with one clean sheet in seven games since Christmas, I mean, they, they're kind of in need of getting some of those players back, I think, Cullum. But um, that... I mean, three points clear. It's 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 not it's not all bad, is it? No, I didn't think they'd be here at this time of the season. Uh, if you ask me, in August, uh, then again, they looked a lot better this time last week than they do now in terms of their placement. But um, Liverpool, for me, are like they have uh, they, they they have a very strong core. Basically, they have a great goalkeeper, a brilliant central defender, and their front three are excellent. They're okay in midfield. I agree with Danny going back to base be a, probably a better idea for the for the foreseeable future anyway to get back to more convincing ways really because they haven't had a convincing win in a long time let alone like three points. Um, having said that, this weekend they're home to Bournemouth City against Chelsea so the points could go back to where they were last week uh, all things going well there. Like Liverpool are in a good position they just need they probably need to uh, like no Liverpool fan wants to hear this from a United fan but they probably need to relax because they have three months to go. Uh, like there's loads that can happen. There's one. There's nothing in it. There's three points in it with three months to go. There'll be loads of change around yet. But as Peter was saying there, I think the most the significant thing is that City are dropping points because of complacency. Liverpool are dropping so because of nerves, and that probably, in my opinion, anyway, will be the difference come the end of the season. Well, we're talking- you think, think maybe Liverpool could do, do this. I, this is just kind of a mad theory, but I was saying this to a Liverpool fan earlier on. What do you think about Liverpool almost? I think they'd nearly be better going behind City. I think they'd have a better run out of yeah, yeah. the, the well, fans, yeah. everything. Yeah, it is dangerous. They're probably going to go behind City tonight and I do think it'll take the pressure off. If you look at Liverpool over the last, let's say the, the three times they've come second in the Premier League, they, they, they were never top for that long a period. you know, And they made a good fist of it um, when United won it, um, Liverpool only lost two games in the 2009 season. They finished with 86 points and finished four points behind United. But they put a great run together at the end of the season. Maybe won 12 and drew one of their last 13. They did something similar in 2014. Uh, and everyone says they bottled it, they threw it away. But if you look at the real real serious numbers of it, of their last 15 games, they won 13, lost one and drew one. So they hardly bottled it, you know what I mean? And I do, I do think they might, I, I think it might be a case where they're, they're, they're feeling the heat of being front runners. And if City go, City will probably win tonight. And if they go ahead just on goal difference, I think Liverpool can maybe just relax a little bit against Bournemouth. It's a game that should be set up quite well for Liverpool to go and win because Bournemouth will come and attack them. Uh, and then you're into then you're into Man United territory, uh, who I said a few weeks back I think are going to have a massive say in where the title goes, and I I, I still echo that. Uh, yeah, I, I I kind of tend to agree with you, Peter, that uh, I just think that Liverpool, it's out, Liverpool are in a nice position. They're three points ahead. We would have snapped our hand off for this 
um, seven, eight months ago when the season kicked off, or six months ago. So it's uh, it's not all doom and gloom. They've drawn two games. They haven't lost two games, and they've drawn two games against tricky opposition when they've been poor. But they do need a convincing win. I agree with Colin Bear. I think they need to go and beat Bournemouth three or four nil. Uh, let the three front lads get a goal each, and just then everyone can take a little bit of a deep breath and go right. Mini crisis over. Next. And speaking of mini crises and, and, and City apparently not playing very well, but you know that three-one that win against Arsenal—it was pretty much perfect from City. And Pep says that they're back on form after their recent losing streak of one game. Peter, it, it hasn't really been that bad for them. Uh, and Aguero, well, total class from him. Ten hat tricks in the Premier League. Yeah, one one away from from Shearer's record. Um, I actually did a uh, a piece there yesterday about the the players with the most. Uh, with the most, Harry Kane has eight as well. So I think Harry might have have a thing or two to say once he's all said and done. But yeah, no, City were um, City are a class above Arsenal. But I, I wouldn't say it was perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Now, Sam, if I'm honest, I thought no, not at all. Um, I, I thought that you know City dominated Arsenal in the first half, but then as good as City are, they they, they give you chances. Um, like, like even the lad, like the Manchester Derby since Guardiola came in, they've completely battered us, but it, it's kind of nearly always gone into the last 10 minutes with us still in the game. Um, some, somehow, like Arsenal scored with kind of their first attack. It's, you know, second time in the week, Aguero scores inside the first minute and then, then Arsenal score with, with, with you know, their first ball forward almost. Like there, there can be, so you can get at City. It's just whether you can get the ball off them enough, and then you obviously have to be really clinical. But they aren't the most convincing defensively, for sure. But they, you know, normally that doesn't come into play because they're 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 so good going forward. Um, I, I thought it was kind of obvious through the game now that De Bruyne is still better than ninety five percent of players out there, but he's nowhere near the Kevin De Bruyne that he was last season. A couple of missed passes, just. Not he's he's not reached that level that he was last season, and and I actually t- probably my man of the man of the match was not for the first time this season. Uh, Bernard, Bernardo Silva, I thought he was he was absolutely superb. I think he's he's surpassed his namesake now as you know probably City's best of of the attacking midfielders. You know what I mean? Not kind of including Fernandinho because David Silva's been been a little bit off I think since kind of the Liverpool game almost just after Christmas so um, yeah like second half Arsenal didn't have have a shot on target and City were just much better but I, I, I would also you can look at it both ways it was extremely comfortable 3-1 and um, the second half was, was like a training game but on the other hand the, the, you know you know if you want to look for for chinks in City's armour there was that little there was that little bit that you can get at them defensively, although how many teams are going to be good enough to do, to, to do it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. So, uh, well, Colm, it sounds like the lads sort of have questions about, about City, but I, I was wondering, with Liverpool dropping dropping points, has momentum sort of swung back their way now? Yeah, um, and it, only for the briefest uh, times this season has it gone away from them. I think like I think City are, are like the protagonists here. Like, they're totally in control of it. And uh, again, it goes back to that complacency thing. That's their only real rival this season um, is themselves. And it must be extremely challenging and demanding being in a pep team. So you can't keep it going all the time. And it's really only to start, since the start of last season that City have been this unbelievable side. It was two years ago. They were, they were very much up and down. So it's, it's kind of a recent thing. But Pep uh, gets so much out of his players that inevitably there is a, there's a fall down the other side of the mountain. So they're they're nowhere near their best this season for various reasons. I think the Kevin De Bruyne point is valid because he's kind of uh, sums up the situation for City. They're good, they're just not, not as good as last season, but they're good is most of the other teams brilliant. That's how good they were last season. Um, against Arsenal, yeah, I mean, they. I, I think what happened there, they went up, they scored too early, as the old cliche goes. But unlike that cliche, it was for different reasons in that they um, they completely took their foot off the pedal. And Arsenal got back into it, and they they actually did very well up until the end of the first half. And then, um, geez, that City goal to retake the lead there. Pete was talking about Bernardo Silva, but I thought Gundogan was brilliant in that match. I'm a big fan of his. And yeah, that, he was good as well. Uh, yeah, that one too with Sterling. It was uh, for three of us on this call. It was kind of reminiscent of the Irwin to Cantona 
uh, flick back. I actually think this is better. It was a tougher technique from Gundogan because he was further out. Um, and that was the city that we know, and that's like the pet, the, the quintessential pet goal was that one. They haven't been yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah. but there. Um, I, I do think that when it comes to it, uh, come May, they'll, be, they'll have retained the league for the first time in their history. And um, But having said that, I, and this is the third time I've said it on this pod, I think Pep will go at the end of next season because I think you only get so much out of him. Whereas I think Klopp will stay for, let's say, the next at least five years at Liverpool. So that's the other way of looking at it. Plus, I think that Manchester United will hopefully, anyway, get better next season and start really properly uh, starting afresh after the Fergie era, you know, six years too late. But I think it will be a different year next year. Well, we'll, uh, we'll come on to that. Uh, Arsenal, though, Danny, um, it sounds like there's positives to be taken from it for them. Yeah, I thought so. Um, watching the game and listening to uh, the commentators, they seem baffled by the uh, the formation that Arsenal went with the four four two with Lacazette and Aubameyang like, dropping so deep and pretty much sitting about forty yards from goal. But after the first ten minutes, the game started to change for me. Now I, I didn't think City were comfortable in uh, the first ha- uh, in the first half at all. That they obviously upped their game in the second half, but. People seem to always get the credit for having good second halves. Everyone seems to always forget the first half of a football match, you know. If you're good in the second half, everyone just thinks you deserve to win the game. I, I always found that strange. You know, there's two halves. Obviously, the most important one is the second half. But the first half can tell it can tell a tale. And I thought that uh, probably the youngest player in the pitch, Gunduzi, yeah. started, run, started running the show for Arsenal. And... Without Arsenal creating too many chances, they had a lot of really good uh, counter-attacking opportunities, breaks. They don't go down as a registered shot on target or off target. Just a slightly wrong pass, a slightly overhit pass, a through ball. Arsenal had chances in that game. And if they'd gone in at halftime at 1-1, um, I, I had no confidence in Arsenal whatsoever. When I saw the teams before the game, I said, no, there's no chance. City, City will absolutely turn them over. But as the first half wore on, I I grew increasingly confident that Arsenal would take something from the game and actually thought they looked more likely than City. And then City popped up with that little bit of brilliance. It was a brilliant move for the second one. A, a real City goal, a real just just happens. They love tap-ins and they're the hardest goals to score tap-ins. They're harder to score than worldly some 30 yards in a, in a way if you know what I mean because you just it's just pulling just pulling teams out of position and they pulled Arsenal apart they just kept the ball for a long time they isolated or or obviously that they tried this pass a good few times in the game um, up against 35 year old Licksteiner so it was obviously an area they were looking to exploit he switched off uh, to have a cup and put the slippers on and uh, they were in at the back post and it was a simple goal in the end but beautiful in its creation and um, and and they did they did that they did that a couple of times and everyone waxed lyrical about how good City were, but Arsenal did show that um, Arsenal just just make silly mistakes. They switch off. They don't have the concentration levels of the defenders. Uh, don't have the concentration levels of of top top players. Uh, top I'm talking world class players. Most most of the top Premier League teams have, well, have they, one they, or two world class. They've slipped back now to sixth, and at the start of the season, I think that's where a lot of people said that they'd be. And then we were, support, you know, we were kind of surprised by how good they were and that big run that they went on. United report at the time they weren't playing very well, uh, but now they've United have overtaken them in the league. Are, are things sort of settling into the natural order of things, or or what's may, happening? May, maybe they are, but uh, for me, I I think Arsenal. Arsenal obviously lost their first two games of the season, but they were playing City at home and they were away to Chelsea. So there was no shame in that. Obviously, it was going to take the manager time to you know get his ideas across. But then they went on this 21-game unbeaten run. Now, for me, if I was an Arsenal fan, uh, I would have wanted that 21-game unbeaten run to come later in the season. And I'll explain why. Because it didn't feel like everything was right and that they had that they had mastered what the manager wants. You can't master what the, your manager wants after two defeats and then just all of a sudden, oh yeah, we know what you want and it's clicked. It usually takes six to seven months. And if they had gone on that run in the second half of the season, even if they'd finished even if they'd finished um sixth, it would have given fans and the players a lot of hope and optimism for the for the upcoming season. Uh, I remember Liverpool did it uh, under Brendan Rodgers, his first season. Um, 
the first half of the season was absolutely shocking. First game of the season, lost 3-0 to West Brom. Then he brought in Coutinho and uh, Sturridge in, in the January transfer window. And Liverpool's second half of the season showed real signs that gave Liverpool fans hope of at least challenging for the top four. And they nearly won the league that year. But it, it, looking back on Arsenal's 20 game, 21 game unbeaten run, now it looks like it was a little bit of a myth. If you probably if you go through some of the teams they beat, six of them would have been in the Europa League, or five of them, which would have been teams that you know um, championship sides could put to bed. And now I'm kind of it's nearly like he's had to restart again after the the little run he's had. And I, I have to say the first half for Arsenal fans should bode well that he's, he's slightly getting his message across, but he still needs he still needs what we talked about in the summer. Does he still need five or six new defenders? Yeah, yeah Danny, there are reports coming out now. Um, like I agree, they were good in the first half, but on the other hand, they just completely folded on the, on in the second period. So you could say it's the same old Arsenal in that regard. But the thing, yeah, all, the reports, no but all the reports coming out this week are that he'll have no more than forty million to spend yeah. in the fair window, and that's after only being allowed to uh, sign loan players in January as well. Um, so there's some serious financial mismanagement that's gone on behind the scenes there. That a club like Arsenal, like forty million, is nothing these days in terms of a club going for Champions League places. Like, um, you know, you've, you've clubs like West Ham spend a hundred quid in every, or sorry, a hundred quid, hundred million most summers now. So, like, I think he's really, really up against it there because we, even though he might have made improvements, I think every man and his dog can see that they need like a whole. They still need five, six players minimum. And where is he going to get them for 40 million? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, let's, going to be tough. Let's, uh, let's move on then. Spurs won, Newcastle nil. Uh, Peter, I'll stick with you. Is, is Son the most valuable player to his club in the league? Yeah, well, look, I, I tell you what. Did you see his interview after? He's one of the most lovable chaps. Um, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that, like, oh, there's no nice guys in football, but there's not many more nicer than him. Um, I don't know if you saw his interview, like just the the honesty and the, and the genuineness when they were asking him about being player of the year, you know. Um, I, personally, I don't think he's he's that underrated because everyone keeps talking about him being underrated. Um, so I'm not saying that he's underrated, but I mean, about. is he the most valuable player to his club? I mean, he's he scores yeah. goals. He, he's there. He, he's there to fill in whenever Kane is out. He's he's. I mean, he's always available, despite seeming to play a million games from his for his country yeah. as well, which is on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's, well, like I know, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I suppose he is very much one of of, of those. I, I'd say Virgil Van Dijk would get a shout for Liverpool, yeah. or you know, most teams would have Most teams kind of have Hazard for Chelsea. Maybe most teams have it. I think you know, most people would, would always. Uh, kind of um, associate Harry Kane as being Spurs kind of MVP or whatever I, I think was what you're getting at but I, I think yeah Son has regularly um, stepped up in, in the absence of Kane over the last few years and he's a really really top class player now like he, he's this, this level of form you know you, you'll quite often have attacking players that'll like hit a really good run of form for maybe 12 months or like half a season um, but, you know, I think he's kind of getting to the stage now where he's proven himself to be like a really, a really top player that, that can do it year in, year out. Um, and like you said, despite, you know, traveling to, to like his second international, third international tournament in the last 12 months, actually, you know, yeah. including the World Cup, like, which is just insane. Um, so, yeah, but like I saw an interview with him after the after the what was who did they beat narrowly before last week Watford was it Watford the Watford game yeah so I saw an interview with him afterwards and like he basically had to be lifted up off the pitch because he'd just given everything I think that was the first first game back or something after after he'd um, got back from the, the Asian Cup or whatever it's called and they asked him after like oh what was wrong with you were you injured or anything he was like but no, like real genuine. But no, I, I give everything for the team. <laughs> I give everything. So I can't walk by the end because I give everything I have. And I just think that, oh, Sonny, what a, what a top man. But uh, absolutely brilliant. And, and what a response by Spurs. Because I remember like when the Ali, you know, the Ali injury happened and, and the Kane injury. Um, they were, you remember they were 1-0 down against Fulham and they weren't playing well. And it kind of looked that, it really looked like 
they were going to kind of fall back into that race for the top four with like Arsenal, United and Chelsea. But they've won three games with like really kind of ground out wins. Like, you know, we were saying about last week about like that kind of um, the, the old cliche about winning games. Well, grinding yeah, out this with is exactly what I was going to say. Spurs they... are absolutely, they have, they're, 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 the, they're masters at it. I think they've only... I'm not sure exactly of the stats, but I think that, have they drawn a game yet this year, Spurs? I think they've only kind of lost against the top six as well. They've been become so good at putting away teams, or not even like putting them away easily, but like getting teams the results. Them like, yeah. That, yeah, they just they, they always get the results. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, they they keep going. There's late winners while they're missing the big players, as you said. I mean, if it was anyone else, we'd be saying that's what title-winning teams do, Colum, and and you know. Kane and Ali, they are still to come back. They still have to play the top two. You know, they're, they're still in the conversation, aren't they? Oh, no. Just the, like to talk no, about Spurs. They draw you, against Leicester this week. talk about Spurs. You, <laughs> talk, you talk about Sun. That's it. The Sun uh, epitomizes what Spurs are. They're running on empty. Like, they, like, I can't believe they're third. And they're a good distance ahead of fourth. But, like, yeah. they, like, if there's, if they want the season to end now because they are wiped out, like, as in, like, Son has scored or assisted 13 goals in his last 10 games. And he's also played the Asian Cup. Like, that guy must collapse at the end of every day. Just, like, like I so tired, so wiped out of it. Like, if Kane and Ali come back uh, in any way refreshed, it might keep him going on a run a bit longer. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs fell away after this. And I wouldn't even blame him because they are, like, they are getting everything out of what they have. Like, it's unbelievable to watch. Right, uh, so so no, then they're not in the conversation. Uh, we will crack yeah, Sam, on. Did, like a typical I, I, first thing would think so. to do would be like after we all start talking them up, that they lose this weekend or something else. Oh, that's, that's true. If, that's if, that's if, exactly if, what if, I'm counting Spur- on. Yeah. If, if Spurs had if Spurs had Liverpool at home, Man City at home, who they've lost to already, they've lost to both of them. If they go to Anfield, they never win there. If they go to City. Can anyone see them beating City? They have to go to Chelsea, where they always get beaten nearly, or they very rarely win. Yeah. I don't see it. If the, the fixtures were slightly reversed, uh, I don't know if you can slightly reverse something, but if this, if they were reversed, they might be in with half a, a show. But I, I kind of agree with Peter. Leicester could go there and beat them at the weekend. Fair They're enough. just one of They're a funny side. Uh, let's go on then, and we'll do uh, first round of the quiz then. It's the usual game where I name a whole load of teams that a player has played for, and you tell me the player by the team that he's played for. And the first player began his career at Manchester United. Column. Call him. Luke Chadwick. Not Luke Chadwick, no. Ben <laughs> <laughs> Thornley. Yeah, you'll get it one day. You'll get him one yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the middle of that, he did a he had a loan spell at Wigan Athletic uh, before call him. he... Call him. Tom Cleverley. It's not Tom Cleverley, no. Uh, and then he went to Newcastle United. Peter. Peter. Oh, uh, no. Keith Gillespie. It is Keith Gillespie. Very oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never knew he we went to Wigan now. Yeah, just, just eight appearances for them. Scored four times, though, so not bad. Uh, right then, the next player began his career at Hajduk Split. Danny. Danny. Davor Suker? Nope. Cullum. Cullum. No, this is wrong. Luka Madrid. Go away. No, no. No, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> no, Danny Robert, Robert Protonecki. No, it isn't. Uh, then he had a, well, he had loan spells at Primorac and Shibinik and Danny, then, Danny, Vladimir Boban. No, Peter, Peter, Vladimir Smitzer. No, oh sorry, yeah, shit. Danny, Charluca. <laughs> no. Uh, then he went to Carl's Karlsruhe SC. Don't know if anyone's that's going to help anyone. Uh, and then he then he went to and this one might help. He went to West Ham United. Danny, hello, Danny. Uh, fuck, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Call him. Slavan Bilic. It's Slavan Bilic, very good. Very good. Uh, And I'll give you one more then. Named every Croatian footballer ever. Uh, Final one uh, in this round then. This player began his career at Galatasaray. Call him, no. Fuck off. Peter. Uh, Peter. Tongue guy. No. Uh, then he went to Rangers. Danny. Danny. Oh, 
Why is my brain going to fucking fart? Um, just, no, it's gone again. It's gone. Nobody? No. And then he finished his career at Blackburn Rovers. Danny. Oh, Peter, Peter. Danny, Peter. Danny, Danny was Peter. first. Uh, I'm going to say Amoroso. No. No. Uh, I, 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 Danny. Tud guy. Tud guy. No, 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 you're close, no, it's but not. you're wrong. No, he's the lad that scores all the goals from outside the box with the long hair. Yes. Yeah, Cullum. Good guy, no. No. What's Cullum. the name? No, you're, you're close enough, but it's wrong. Who's got no, the name? Cullum. Cullum. Two guy. It's two guy. No, he said Tunchai first, which is a different player. Uh, I yeah. said Tunchai, the guy who played for Stoke first. Yeah, but I got... Yeah. Ah, man, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a pronunciation issue. Like, we fucking fair. know that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> anyway let's crack on uh, Peter to make up we'll start with you then Leicester nil, Man United 1 um, Chelsea City and Liverpool they've all dropped points to Leicester recently so while it wasn't a great performance it's a decent result yeah no it wasn't a good, like to be honest I, I don't think it wasn't a game that will that will live long in the memory uh, for, for either uh, I, neither team really um, played well um, it was just kind of early game on a Sunday, cold. Um, it, it just it, it wasn't the best of games, but it was obviously uh, lit up by um, Paul Pogba's pass over the top to to uh, Marcus Rashford was absolutely superb. And Rashford's a player who I've been heavily criticised. Cri- critical of his first touch and his finish were absolutely. I would say they were world class world class finish just absolutely superb to, to take it to take it down the way straight into his path and then as clinical as clinical can be with the finish um, and he, he'd missed I think last week we talked and I'd said he'd kind of missed an early chance against Burnley and he didn't look right but he missed a, a, very, a very good chance probably after about five minutes of that game of the game against Leicester as well after a lovely cross from um, from Luke Shaw a header, maybe put it over the bar. So he showed, you know, sometimes young yeah, players yeah. can lose their head a bit when they when they miss a chance. So he did really well to, to come back and, and finish so well. And uh, there really wasn't too much for the game. I was a bit worried about, you know, Harry Maguire from set pieces and stuff because I think, like, I, I've been impressed with Lindelof in, in, in the last few months, but I think Lindelof would rather be playing against a small nippy forward or, or a fast forward like an Aubameyang or a, even a Vardy or Aguero, he doesn't really. He, he really struggles against kind of traditional old school English forwards, like in the Burnley game. Or I was thinking, you know, Harry Maguire is going to have a field day from from corners. Um, but we kind of we we dealt with that threat and without creating too much ourselves. Alexis Sanchez was absolutely dire again. He's dog uh, isn't he? He's just... We we looked way more dangerous when. Uh, you know, Marshall was only on for 20-odd minutes, but, you know, we looked so much more dangerous after he came onto the pitch. Lukaku, <laughs> this is strange. Lukaku looked like the tiredest, tiredest player on the pitch after he came on, but he's actually only been on for about 10 minutes, so I don't know how that really works out. Um, I thought Pogba, there wasn't much quality in the game at all, but he went on one run where he, he won the ball late on and kind of burst through the middle of the pitch, got us up the pitch and was eventually fouled. That was a a real standout moment but it was you know really kind of one of them days you just take the three points and you move on and we're, we're very much in the fight now for um, we're very much in the fight for the top four you know sometimes you have to grind out the wins and, and that's exactly what we did so like you kind of one of them games you kind of you file away and you move on to pretty quickly so we've, we've a big kind of We've a big run of games coming up now, you know. Get we're we're on early now on Saturday, so hopefully beat Fulham. Um, you know, if it turns out into a shootout, which it probably will against them, we've just that bit more quality. Um, so you'd expect, you know, hopefully we're in the form we're in, we'll get the win there. Um, and then you know we've we've the two games against PSG and Liverpool and, and Chelsea coming up, so a really defining. I'd say four, three, four week period coming up, and and we go into it in pretty good form and and a clean bill of health. So uh, 
yeah, it's it's look it's looking pretty good. So so happy days, you know. Colm, can we judge things until we get through all of those tough games, or you know now up to fifth after ten games? Can we start looking at how things are kind of going? Is this still new manager bounce, or is Paul Ince right? Could anyone who's not Jose Mourinho have come in and done just as good a job as Ole's done? Uh, Paul Ince is rarely right, but uh, <laughs> I no, I think it actually still is kind of in the new manager bounce territory. Uh, having said that. Uh, to win away at Spurs and Arsenal was seriously impressive. And uh, Spurs was the first real test. It's gone like spectacularly well. There's absolutely nobody, including Solskjaer himself, who thought this would happen. Um, but yeah, like Leicester was, it was a win that reminded me of uh, United when we weren't that great on the Fergie, which pretty much the last year when we won the league. That was one of the poorest squads to win the Premier League, I think, in 2013. And we regularly got results like that. Um, so I was really happy with the results against Leicester because that's like they're a weird team, like we were saying earlier. Um, like West Ham fall into the same category, and to a degree, Spurs that you don't know what you're going to get with Leicester, so they can easily beat you. Uh, so to get three points in their place is great. Uh, I still think, yeah, that we are in the new manager bounce phase, but the next few weeks are telling. After Fulham this weekend, which I do think we'll win, then you've got PSG in Liverpool and PSG again. So uh, and then Chelsea in the FA Cup. So that they're obviously the huge tests, uh, but it's gone really well. And look, all of, it was really simple. They just did not want to play under Mourinho. So anybody, and maybe Paul Ince is slightly right in that way. Anybody who came in would have done a better job. But it just so happens that Solskjaer is the ideal guy in that sense because he really looks after them as well. And I feel like Carrick has a big say in it too that he's very helpful. And I want Mike Feeling, who knows the club inside out. So it's going really well at the moment to, to judge it as it is. Since he took over in December, it's gone brilliantly well. Um, overall, I'd still reserve judgment long term, but you can't ask for any more. I mean, literally, you just need two points more to have the perfect start. Uh, he's been absolutely like he's been absolutely brilliant. But also, just um, just before we go on there, Alexis Sanchez, yeah, like what has happened there? He's the highest paid player in the league as well, uh, yeah. and like to have absolutely no shots, no assists, no created chances, no fouls earned against Leicester. It was weird. Like it's just weird what's happened to him. He's completely lost motivation. He looks kind of depressed actually. But um, it was yeah, it's he, Arsenal he, goal aside. Like it's just not happening for him at all. And like the top two, I, I think Arsenal column. I think they knew what they were doing. Nah, well, yeah, sure Arsenal, they did. Arsenal, Arsenal never know what they're they doing. They have done much to do with the <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> he was a different player at Arsenal altogether. You just can't. Yeah, Arsenal, but I, I think Arsenal that last few, I think the last few months he'd kind of, I think Wenger probably knew that he'd lost a yard of pace or something. Because even right. when we, put, even yeah, but why, the, in, why did why did Pep Guardiola, who's supposed, yeah, to yeah, yeah, no, but why did he want him? This, this, this is it, mate. I, I would I have taken him at Liverpool as well. He'd be a perfect fit for that front three, and he should be. And I think. I do think if he plays in the middle uh, of, I know Rashford plays down the middle, and but like let's say a last year Liverpool's front three with Firmino playing there, I think he can play that role. I think he can play it very well. He just doesn't seem to have the work ethic at the moment for us. I don't know if he's depressed or something it's, like that. It's everything. But, I mean, he can't he can't find a player I, with a pass. It's I know just... he's been shocking, but he's not a bad player overnight, lads. This is a lad that's played for Barcelona, was scored some unbelievable goals for Arsenal, was Arsenal's main man. Um, and he's just, I'm not saying he's been mismanaged. Ferguson, well, not Ferguson, Mourinho obviously mismanaged him. Um, but he signed him and he hasn't been able to find his groove because United have just gone with absolute pace up front, which I, I'm a big fan of. But I still think, uh, I, I'd still take him at Liverpool. I'd still take him. Uh, yeah. I'd right. say he'd get you, you can have him. I, That's fine. Uh, right. <laughs> let's go on. Uh, Danny, I'll stick with you. Uh, Chelsea 5, Huddersfield nil. I mean... Just a recap from last week, because uh, you weren't on. Uh, Sarri's on his way out of the club. Hazard's gone off the boil, and he isn't even trying. Higuain is not the answer to any of their problems. Chelsea's a club. They're they're destined to fall away into, subscur- oh, into obscurity. And, uh, well, since then, yeah, brace each for Hazard and Higuain. 5-0 win. Kept them in the top four. Uh, I mean, were we totally wrong, or are they just? Uh, is this a group of decent players up against Huddersfield who are, who are shit? Huddersfield are shit. Okay. That's uh, that's, that's not. Uh, I, I I always say to lads, you know, when you're chatting to lads about football, right? Uh, okay, you know nothing about football, and they're going, do you know? Okay, name seven players from Brighton, right? They can name none. You know, I'd struggle to name seven players from Huddersfield, and that's the way I look at it. You know, they're not household names. They're Championship players at best. Um, and for for some, uh, for Chelsea to beat them five 0 it's it's not a big shock. And Hazard. 
Hazard can turn up in any game he wants, really. You know what I mean? Just whatever mood he's in. It, it, it did show nice signs of link up play with uh, himself and Higuain. Higuain scores a screamer of a goal that takes a deflection. If that doesn't go in, you know, he's... You know, we're not talking about him as much. Chelsea are in an they're in an FA Cup or they're in a League Cup final. They're I can see them going pretty deep in the Europa League. Um, if they beat United, they're into a quarter final, and they'll probably get fourth. And it, it, will that go down as a good season? Yeah, it would be for me. It would be for me. I did think that they'd be a challenge in Liverpool and uh, Man City at the start of the season. I thought they looked really, really good, um, but. Chelsea do what Chelsea do the wheels have come off there's a little bit of unrest and I'm surprised by some of the comments from Sarri I'm surprised we, we talked about it a while ago remember that um, we said he kept putting it into their heads that they were tired and that's kind of been the start of their their mini collapse you know they just haven't been they haven't been very um, what's the word I'm looking for they haven't been very consistent since then it's kind of been a good performance from Chelsea an average performance a poor performance and they've been like that for a couple of months now and I don't think the manager has helped uh, helped himself or the team in that regard but I do still think that they could have a decent season and I I can see them as I said getting to a semi-final of of Europa League because they're one of the best sides in it and have some of the best players in it and if they get fourth then you know Sarri's done a decent job and um, I don't but we talked about it right. I think it was the first part of the season or second part. If Hazard doesn't really turn up, they just don't have enough up front. And I don't think Higuain... I know we talked about Sanchez there. I think Higuain is just past us. And I think he might go down the same route as Shevchenko. He might score six or seven goals in the next ten games. But I don't think it'll be enough for him to earn a, a deal, a permanent deal to Chelsea. And I think... Uh, I, I do think they need a lot of reinvesting in the forward positions because Morata obviously hasn't worked out. Hazard will probably go. Willian's nearly 32. Pedro's kind of same age. So it's, I, I, I'm feeling that was one of the reasons they were so desperate to keep Hudson Odoi because they obviously see something in him and, and know that they could save themselves 50 million uh, come the summer. So Asari's uh, done a decent job. Uh, Huddersfield are shit. And um, <laughs> I, think Chelsea, I think Chelsea will end up having a half decent season. There was a whole lot of ifs in there, though. I mean, there was like if they win the League Cup, if yeah. they get past United, if they finish no, the top is, four. No, I, mean, but, but, I know, yeah, I know they're no. in all these things, but I mean, like they've got City, United, and Spurs up this month. Uh, Colum, I mean, look, where where would they be at the end of these uh, of this? If this game against Huddersfield was just because Huddersfield are shit, can they like? Do you think that they're going to raise it for those games? Do you think that they're actually going to reach all those targets that that Danny mentioned? No, I think they'll be fifth come the end of the season and trophy this and I think Sarri will leave um, but that's not only against Sarri that's to do with the impatience of Chelsea um, like I think like yeah like the points are added there like Pedro and Willian are getting on a bit Hazard well either Hazard will go or he loves London he loves the, loves the life there and he's very comfortable at Chelsea too comfortable which is what we discussed last week will he regret it when he retires kind of uh Almost like the most the most high high earning performing high achieving waste of talent is Hazard arguably when he comes to the end of his career if he stays at Chelsea. So they I wouldn't be too um, I wouldn't be too encouraged if I was a Chelsea fan about the future. Whereas with Arsenal, I think that Emery has a genuine plan. He's just kind of at the peril of his players from the Wenger era, the hangover from the Wenger era. I don't know where Chelsea go from here. Um, they they have so many like their youth. Academy is it's renowned for producing all this talent that they just loan out. Like we haven't had a sustainable one for them since John Terry. They just loan all these players and they don't know what to do with Hudson Dodd. Now he's gone to Bayern. And I just don't know where the next crop is coming from Chelsea. Plus Abramovich is um a busted flush in terms of being elite financial player in football. Um like he changed the game and when he came in two thousand and three, but football's moved on since then, like it always does. I mean eventually the Man City owners have moved fall victim to the same thing. And uh, I don't really know where they go from here. So to answer your question, I think they'll be trophies and outside of the Champions League places. Don't have much hope for it. And it was only Huddersfield. Now, the only good thing is Hazard and Higuain linked up unbelievably well. They Like three of the five goals in that game are superb, thanks to those two. Uh, but other than that, I mean, that's a short-term good thing. Long-term, I don't really know about Chelsea. I don't know about the rest of you, but that's what I think anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, more bad news are uh, Everton 1, Wolves 3. Uh, Everton, 
I mean, what has happened to them, Peter? Lots of positives at the start of the season. I, I um, thought you were just about to say Everton won Man City nil now because it's obviously live as we're recording. We heart just skipped a fucking. No, beat. actually, <laughs> lads, actually, Laporte just put City up. Okay, well there you go. More bad news. Um, I mean, they they, they won't. No, because no, it. Oh, Not on live. Ah, oh, yeah, just scored. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what I'm saying is they won't go down. Uh, but but what is going wrong there, Peter? I mean, they've tried. They've invested lots of money in in players and in Silva as well. Mm-hmm. But nothing really seems to be working. City now. I mean, they're losing again. Can Silva hold on to his job? And if he can, I mean, should he? Yeah, it's it's a strange one actually. I kind of like. I remember the say around October time, kind of November, when United were 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 kind of at their worst, and I was looking at Everton were starting, you know, because they they kind of started okay, then they had a bad run, but then when they started to get Andre Silva into the team and uh, sorry Andre Gomez into the team and Bernard was playing, Yerry Mina was in, they were starting to look like a good, like a really, you know, Richarlison was on form. Um, Walcott, not great, but, you know, solid Premier League performer. You're kind of going, this is, you know, Luckman and Calvert-Lewin coming off the bench. You're going, these are a decent team. And they were actually playing pretty good football. I thought they were more likely at that time to to finish kind of sixth than, than Man United even. And I think it's kind of almost since the Merseyside derby, because they were really good in the Merseyside derby, played some really good stuff and des- deserved to draw that game. And it just seems to have gone to shit ever since that kind of Jordan Pickford howler. Um, I think they've won three out of 12 since. They've lost, I think, six out of the last seven at Goodison Park or something. Um, I, I do think they're kind of a strange club, Everton as well. I think we talked about it before. I think their fans expect a bit more than what they are, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, you know, some of the stuff I've seen kind of on Twitter over the last couple of seasons was as if Liverpool, you know, as if they were almost going, well, that they were going for the Champions League places when they got kind of, you know, this guy Farad masri has been in there for nearly two years now. He's he's pumped a bit of money into the club, but they, they still aren't really able to, they're getting good players, but they're not getting good players that, you know, do, do the rest of the kind of top four or five big spenders want. They're still getting kind of d- d- slightly a rung below that. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it's a strange one because they, you know, they Koeman was highly rated. They got rid of him. They got Big Sam in. And everybody hates Big Sam. They got rid of him. And now Silva's in. And I like Marco Silva. Uh, I've always wanted him to do him, to, for him to do well, just to, you know, to shove it up Paul Merson and, and, and Phil Thompson, you know. But there, there's some glaringly bad statistics about his teams like 33 set piece goals in 45 games in the Premier League or something something along them lines I read the other day so like like there's big big issue there there's big issues there it's not a, it, I think it doesn't sound like a great place to be playing football at the moment the crowd are kind of are on his back they're on, on the team's backs so I, I personally don't think it's looking too good from now the, the club went out obviously the like it was a big furor to get him from Watford. You know, he essentially left and, and sat around waiting to take the Everton job. Um, so the club went to great lengths to get him. So it, it just kind of comes to the point whether they're going to stick by him now. Um, I do think he's, he, he's a good coach, but I think it's a kind of... The Everton fans are kind of expecting... They're not saying, right, we have a bit of money, we're moving into a new stadium. Let's kind of just try and progress gradually because they're still a quite a way off the top six. I think they're expecting it kind of a bit quicker than it's it's actually going to be there. So I think it's a tricky job ever now at the moment for anybody, it, to be honest. It is, it is a tricky job, but I, I think they got it wrong. I'll be honest. I, I think I said it last year and I think I said it again this year. I think he's fooled a few people. I think there's articles starting to be written about uh, Silva now. Has he come over in a fancy suit? You know, and a good looking chap come over with a fancy suit with not much pedigree whatsoever. He's a good-looking chap, yeah. I can say that, Peter. I'm comfortable enough with my own sexuality. You know what I mean? I'm not a bald man that wears letters on the weekend, you know, <laughs> like you. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think he's uh, fooled a few people. I was never, never, uh, never really bought into it. And uh, he didn't come, as I said, with a big enough pedigree um, of winning things. And I think he might be being found out. Uh, in saying that, I'll be a massive fan of his for the second half of the Everton Man City game. But uh, I see, I only see that going one way. But yeah, what's he done? What's he done? 
He's gone to a good tailor. I'll give him that. But after that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't really see what he's done. Um, well, he, he did well with Olympiacos, didn't he? In 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 um, in, in Greece, and he did all right. Uh, Ron, with Portugal, Ron, I think Ron, Ronnie Whelan did all right with uh, Panias over in Greece as well. You know what I mean? Like we're talking Greek <laughs> football now. Like, come on, like fucking hell, Suvlaki playing up front and yeah, stuff. Okay, now, yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Um, no, I just it's it's it, it's apples and oranges, and. Um, he came over, Hull got relegated. He did. He had Watford playing some nice stuff. I, I will give him that. And I, I agree with Peter that Everton season has massively derailed since uh, Origi's last-minute free goal uh, because they were very good that day. But, you know, his, that's his, his job is, you know, if they're down, he has to pick them up again. And for a last-minute goal to affect you for the next, we're talking two months now. You know, Everton have been shocking for two months now. And... Um, no doubt they'll raise their game for the Liverpool game coming up in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, no, they're, no, uh, they, they won't. They never, they never they're, win them. They're, uh, they're a very average size. Fair enough. Uh, let's get on with the quiz then. And uh, I believe, uh, Colm, you've got two. Peter, you've got one. And Danny, you're trailing at the moment. Uh, but maybe this one will help. So this player began his career at St. Mirren. Danny. Hello. Danny. Alan Hansen. No. Hello. Colm. Kenny Miller. No. He went from St. Mirren to Motherwell. Colum. Danny. Colum. Scott McDonald. No. Danny. Danny. Uh, I'm going to say Gary McAllister. No. Colum. Colum. James McFadden. No. I think you might need to be quick at this one. Went from Motherwell to Borussia Dortmund. Danny. Peter. Peter, I get Danny. in. Danny, I get in. Good it Lord. Me. Good Lord, I have no idea. Paul Lambert. Paul Lambert. I said it. That was I said me. It. That was me, clearly. I, I, I was definitely the first one with the answer. <laughs> right, in, so let's go. Me. Let's play. The squad of play. Points for everyone. Uh, no, right, uh, bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was the only one that said it. I said it first. Tough shit, lad. Right then, the next player began his career at Platense. Or Platense. I don't know. P-L-A-T-E-N-S-E. Yeah. Uh, then he went to Monaco. Danny. Danny. That's not... That's no. 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 Uh, Peter, Peter. 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 Patrick Zebra. No. Went from Monaco to Juventus. Column. Peter. Column. 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 David Trezeguet. It is David Trezeguet. And that'll do it. Three points. Very good, Colm. Congratulations. You've won it two weeks in a row. I was in again there. You, you need to get your mic sorted there. Check the tape. Check the tape. Uh, right then, just time for Prick of the Week. Who have you got, Peter? We'll start with you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm going to no, I've lost you there. You Start again. Go to the other lads first there. Okay. Uh, yeah, go to the other lads first. Gotcha, yeah. Right then, time for Prick of the Week. Uh, Colin, we'll start with you. Who have you got? Uh, well, like my moment of the week will actually be a serious one for once in terms of the Prick of the Week, and that's the uh, racial abuse that was recorded in the stands of the London Stadium against uh, Mohamed Salah taking the corner. And, uh, you know, calling, calling that person a prick is actually totally... Uh, not doing it justice at all. No. But it, it's just depressing to hear it because it's like, get a life, like, get a life, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's the ultimate prick of the week for me. Seems to be becoming more and more common as well. Danny, who have you got? Uh, I'm going to go with just one from, from today um, and just finished work at 7 o'clock. Looking forward to doing the podcast and then going and watching the second half of the Everton game to find it's not on the telly whatsoever because uh, West Brom are playing Brighton. Like, fuck off. Honestly, <laughs> I, 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 who's in charge of that? I know it's a rearranged game because they're in the League Cup final, but Sky or BT, grow a pair. You know what the people really want, and that game should have been televised, so go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Fair enough. And Peter, who have you got? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with uh, with with Pep Guardiola. Actually, um, you. I'm a big fan of you know the football his teams playing all, but he doesn't have come out with some weird stuff in the press sometimes. Like I don't know if you saw his comments in the press conference before the Everton match, where he said that he still counts Chelsea and Man City or Manchester United in the Premier League title race. Um, you're just going like Pep. You know who do you? I you don't believe that. 
nobody else believes it. So what are you? But why are you bothering saying it? Um, yeah, sorry, Pip. So, Pep, sometimes you just come out with very prickish comments. Fair enough, and uh, I think that's a good way to end the show. Uh, we should be back again next week, and in the meantime, if you want to get involved in the show, you can always tweet us, and you can send us mails to podcast at thefootballfaithful.com, and don't forget to go along to thefootballfaithful.com for lots more great football content. Uh, thanks, Peter. Cheers, lads. Enjoyed that. Thanks, Colm. Thanks, lads. And thanks, Danny. Thanks, boys. Enjoyed and that. And good luck for me. We'll see you next time.